You have found Behind the Lines presented by BetMGM for NFL Week 11. My name is Steven Andrus, joined this week on the show by Seamus McGee, trading manager over at BetMGM. Christian Cipollini is moving today, so we wish him the best and we'll see him next week. But Seamus, thank you so much for joining the show. How are you, my friend? I'm doing great. How are you doing, Steve? Thanks for having me. Of course, of course. I am doing well. I uh, did pretty well this week. I'm curious if the betting public did just as well in this episode. We will look back at the week that was betting in the NFL in week 10. The biggest public wins, the biggest public losses. We will also look ahead to week 11 early spreads and totals at BetMGM. I'll share any early week bets I might have already placed. And we'll also get Seamus' perspective from the sportsbook behind the the curtain if you will on their opinion on some of these teams in the nfl teams moving up teams moving down perhaps maybe a wide open mvp race we'll finish up with that at the end but first of all christian uh, christian <laughs> i knew i was going to do it at least once seamus <laughs> but here we go uh, seamus first question for you was it a public win or a public loss overall in week number 10 so we had a good week um which was good considering uh, the college slate wasn't the friendliest to us this week. I mean, we had the two big games, Penn State, Michigan, and Georgia Ole Miss were brutal. So we're hoping for a good Sunday and uh, it delivered. I'm shocked that the public went after the teams who had the, the college football playoff number next to their name and, and bet on them to, uh, to cover spreads in college football. So, uh, you know, whenever that's going to happen, I'm sure it's not going to be a great week for the book. But uh, overall in the NFL, though, on the NFL side, what were some of the public wins in Week 10? So it's really just three big ones uh, for the public. Detroit, uh, I'm sure Christian comes on here a lot, say we have a ton of Michigan betters who show out every week for their hometown team. So uh, that game going over, the Lions winning outright. Uh, Every same game parlay must have hit. There were a million guys who scored touchdowns in that game. So that was was a pretty one for us. The Cowboys absolutely crushing the Giants was – a big public win. They gladly took 17 and a half and, <laughs> and ran away with it. I mean, that wasn't even close. Um, and then uh, the early morning game wasn't great for us. Uh, the Colts really? winning that game outright and uh, that game staying under, that was, uh, that was a good public result for them. Wow. It's, it's just funny how things can change in a couple of years. The Patriots and the Tom Brady <laughs> era were the most public of teams and now they're the most public of fades with the, the state of this roster and Mac Jones and Bill Belichick and little Bailey Zappi mixed in at the end there too. Yeah, I, personally, uh, I was one of those people who was all over a Cowboys blowout, so I am hoping that we see Tommy Anagata DeVito for the rest of the season here because every down he plays, I am happy to bet against it in big ways and alternate spreads and same-game parlays, So, uh, but maybe not this week. Little tease there. We'll explain that coming up here with the matchup the Giants have. Um, let's move forward here and look at the early week spreads and totals at BetMGM for week number 11, Seamus. And we'll begin with Thursday night football. Absolutely one of the best games of the week. A huge game in terms of the AFC North race, the Cincinnati Bengals at the Baltimore Ravens. Where do we stand right now? So right now we have the Ravens minus three and a half with the total sitting at a flat 46 minus 110 both sides. And we are recording this on Tuesday morning for reference for everybody that may be listening and watching a little bit later. So I did bet Bengals plus four. This is That, yeah. that number was available on Monday. We've gotten a little bit of buyback here on the Bengals after this was 
Bengals minus three on the look ahead across the industry. Um, and I just shared in the Discord this morning that I may get off this bet, actually. There's, there are times where I will make an early week bet because I feel like the number is going to move in my favor. And I thought four was too far for the Bengals. I bet it, and we're sitting at three and a half now. So I was confirmed in that opinion. But then as the week goes on, I dig into my numbers and look at the matchup and look at the injury situation, and sometimes I might change my mind. And that might be the case in this game, Seamus, because I, I know you probably agree with me that there are concerns here, not only with the Bengals' defense, but also the injuries that they have here. So with the way the, the Ravens' lines have closed in recent weeks, wouldn't you not be surprised if, if we get late late Ravens money to move this number closer to what we've seen the past couple of weeks with the Ravens? I wouldn't be. Uh, we have the Ravens as a top-five team in the NFL on our ratings. The Bengals, to be fair, not close not, not far behind when you just take yeah. into account where they were at the how they rated the start of the season, how the season progresses. Uh, but you know this Ravens team, there's absolutely no reason they shouldn't be undefeated right now. You look at the three losses they have, and they were, I, I mean, eighty-eight percent win probability with two minutes left against the Colts, I, up to ninety-eight percent against the Browns, up to ninety-three percent in the other loss. Uh, this team is very unlucky to be uh, seven and three, which is shocking. And I could see why some people might want to bet the Bengals this week, just because, I mean, it's it's an AFC Joe, North divisional game. Joe Burrow is a dog, uh, right? <laughs> yeah, there's that. Uh, these divisional bets, there's a lot of dogs that get taken just because you know, these AFC North games traditionally stay really close to the number. Um, and it's kind of a game the Bengals have to win. Yes. Uh, so people take that angle as well. Uh, personally, I wouldn't be shocked if we see some buyback. Uh, maybe we, hit, we go back up to four by kickoff, but hey, we'll see. Yeah, NFL playoff picture right now in the AFC. The Bengals are the eight seed on the outside looking in below the Houston Texans, who they just uh, lost to on their home field. Uh, the, the injury report, as you mentioned, Trey Hendrickson, DMP on Monday. T. Higgins, DMP with the hamstring on Monday. I would be shocked if either one of those big pieces play in this game. And we'll have to see about Sam Hubbard as well. A bunch of other guys who are limited. Chidobe Awuzie at corner. Um, and, yeah, so they're, they're pretty banged up. Ravens injury report a little bit more optimistic, although Marlon Humphrey, their cornerback, looks unlikely to play in this game. But their tackle, Morgan Moses, was a full participant. Uh, Ronnie Staley was a DNP, their other tackle, so you have to keep an eye out for him as well. But at least a little bit more optimism that he has a better chance to play than than the likes of Trey Hendrickson and T. Higgins on the other side, who are big long shots to get on the field um, in this one. So we'll, we'll see how this one goes. But uh, I, I agree with you. Of course, I had bets on the Ravens in the two games that they blew that they actually should have won, absolutely should have won against the Steelers and, and the, and the um, gosh, I'm blanking here, uh, the Steelers and the, uh, the Colts. Left. Yeah, Colts and the Browns. Yeah, should have won that game, and honestly, they should have beat the they should have beat the Browns last week. So it's really three games they should have won this year. To be honest with you, I'm still processing that Steelers game. I was on the Ravens too. I still cannot fathom how they lost that game. (laughs) Yeah, so I I think I'm letting a little personal bias in here, maybe betting against them in this game because I agree with you. Like that's that's not predictive of of future Mm -hmm. success. In reality, if they just clean up some of those mistakes. They're, they have a much better record than they already have, and they're already being rated as a top-five team. So I need to get a little bit of that bias out of my system here because I've been on the wrong side of it, and just it happens to be the wrong week. So 
Um, keep an eye on our Discord on the lines.com top right-hand corner. You can hit the Discord button and join for free. I may be getting off of this Bengals plus four bet after I dig a little bit more into the numbers. Okay, Seamus, let's transition now to the 1 p.m. Eastern time slate um, at BetMGM, the early week spreads and totals. Yep, so to start, we have the Browns minus four uh, at home against the Steelers with a total at 37. Next, we have the Lions laying 10 against the Bears at home with a total set of 47. We have the uh, Chargers going on the road laying three at minus 120. Uh, at Green Bay with the total set at 44. We have the Dolphins, minus 12, minus 110, with the total set at 47 and a half. We have the Giants catching 10 on the road at Washington, flat, uh, with the total set at 37. Uh, the Cowboys will be minus 10 and a half on the road against Carolina with the total set at 42. Uh, we have the Jags, minus 6.5 at home against the Titans. Total set of 40. And to round out the 1 o'clock slate, the Houston Texans are minus 4 against the Arizona Cardinals, the total set of 47.5. Okay, so in this window, you have a few teams that at this point in the season we all would expect to be big double-digit favorites against their competition, the Dallas Cowboys, the Miami Dolphins, the Detroit Lions, and then there's the Washington Commanders who are double-digit favorites Yes, it's the Giants and Tommy DeVito, but Seamus, in your experience working at the book, like, can you remember a time where this late in the season we've had a team that's under 500 be a double-digit favorite against somebody in the NFL? I, I'm struggling to remember a game. Yeah. Like, it, it's, it's kind of surprising, especially the commanders who have been big dogs in their own right in a lot of these games, and to see them laying double digits – is a lot, but I mean, Tommy DeVito is, is really struggling. That line is really banged up. I think Thomas Andiel might be out for the game. Uh, commanders can get to the quarterback, so it's it, it's going to be another uphill battle for him. But can you know can the Commanders cover ten points? That's going to be interesting to see. I haven't seen any real sharp action on the game yet. Uh, if anything of the action we've taken, it's been a little little bit both ways. Uh, so it's definitely going to be a fascinating one to to look at going forward to Sunday. This is the kind of line that I, I typically see when it's like a, a week 18 or the old weeks, the last yeah. week of the regular season where a team's in the playoff hunt and the other team is just like benched everybody. And that's when you see something like this, right? But it's week 11. Like that, this is where we're at. And I was curious to see, you know, how was DeVito against the Cowboys last week? Was it as bad as this as the final score indicated? And among all quarterbacks in week 10, he was dead last in EPA and CPOE composite. So he was also, in terms of just that completion percentage over expected, almost 13% lower than the expected completion percentage of 67%. So yes, it was as bad as it looked on the final score for Tommy DeVito. So... With that being said, the Washington Commanders aren't anywhere even near the same level of defense as the Dallas Cowboys. They let up a ton of yardage through the air week in and week out. 
but Tommy DeVito is not an NFL quarterback, so I I don't know. I don't know what I'm like. It's it's never Commanders. I will tell you that much, and I'll have to <laughs> dig a little bit more to see if it's the Giants or not. If I can stomach it, maybe give some of that DeVito money I got last week back to the book this week. We'll see. We shall see. Let's move ahead now to the 4 p.m. Eastern time window on Sunday. Sheamus, the early week spreads and totals. Yes, so uh, starting at 4, we have the 49ers minus 11, and uh, the total set at 41.5. Niners minus 11 against Tampa Bay at home. Mm -hmm. Uh, Then at 4.30, we have Buffalo uh, minus 7 against the the Jets, total set at 40.5. And And then the last 4 o'clock game, the Seahawks currently at minus 1, traveling to L.A. to play the Rams, total set at 46. That Buffalo Bills game, uh, did did you guys ever touch six and a half this week after the Monday night game last night? I know some of your competitors did and then quickly went back to seven. Did you have any of that similar action this morning from some sharps taking Buffalo under a touchdown? We opened uh, six and a half juice to the Bills, so minus 120, and then uh, got to the point where we said, all right, we'll just move to the flat seven now. Um, so that's where we're at now. So there's still, there's still people out there that – believe in Buffalo like listen I I get it from a process standpoint they moved the ball at will against Denver in that game the yards per play was just a complete blowout if you just look at yards per play it would indicate a game where Buffalo wins by multiple touchdowns but the turnovers obviously just killed them and they're an undisciplined team right now so um it's hard for me with how banged up the defense is on top of it they're playing Zach Wilson this week. I don't know, but I, I kind of want to take a step back and ask a more general question to you, Seamus, about the Buffalo Bills. Because before the Denver game, they were favored to make the playoffs. They were minus one thirty, and after the Denver game, they are shorter than minus two hundred to miss the playoffs. That's just a huge loss for them in terms of their playoff hopes. So. Where did you and or the book have them in terms of power ratings before the season? And right now, as we stand heading into week 11, how far have they dropped? This is a this was a top five team in the NFL coming into the season. Now, ratings-wise, they're still in the top 10. Uh, but, you know, when it comes to playoff odds, you got to look at the remaining schedule. Still got to play Miami again. Um, I mean, God forbid they lose this game to the Jets. Then Jets have the tiebreaker over them. Whether the Jets are actually going to do anything going forward, but right. that was a that was a game they could not lose. Like they really had to win that game. So I mean, this is still rated as one of the better teams in the league. It's just you look at the difference between their play on prime time and then their play in regulars. I think I thought I saw a stat last night. Allen has ten turnover worthy plays in prime time games this year. In day games, he only has three. Like, it's a staggering difference, honestly, and you got to wonder what, what the deal is there. So they have, they're five and five. They have to win five of their last seven games to get to 10 and seven and have a chance at a playoff spot. And that schedule, home against the Jets, at the Eagles, bye week, at the Chiefs, home against the Cowboys, at the Chargers, break against New England week 17, and then at Miami to finish out the year. Perhaps Miami, perhaps they've played so poorly that Miami will already have the division and their seed locked up at that point, and they might actually get a break week 18 against Miami. We'll see. It might actually help them make the playoffs at the end. We'll see how this goes. But, um, yeah, I I agree with your assessment that they were top five 
absolutely before the year, and now they're barely top 10 because you know every week at thelines.com, our staff puts together our power ratings, and the exercise for us is to just rank each team for that week and that week only on who we would have, have favored over a neutral field. And I still couldn't put them below the Jaguars. I still have the Bills above the Jaguars, but it's close. And the one change I made after the Monday night loss to the Broncos was to move the Bills behind the Detroit Lions at number eight. And I still have the Bengals above the Bills because I think it's just a great matchup whenever they play. It's two in a row. The Bengals will look great against the Bills. So that's kind of where we're at. Chiefs, Eagles, Niners, Cowboys, Ravens, Dolphins, Bengals, Lions, all above the Buffalo Bills for me. Any pushback for you on that? No, I think that's dead on. Uh, we have the same way. Um, yeah. Lions, for sure. I mean, they. you look at the quarterbacks the Lions have beaten uh, – before they beat Herbert on the road last week. That was a, I mean, that was a huge win for Detroit. Um, but this team really moves the ball. I, I, I trust them more offensively, honestly, right now than I, I trust the Bills compared. Like, the fact they only ended up with the amount of points they had was, it's the turnovers, like we said before. It's it's killing them. Uh, I definitely agree with the Bengals. Bengals got off to a slow start, but then they really started picking up some steam before they slipped up last week. Uh, but I, I have no qualms with, uh, with that ranking at all uh we pretty much have it the same way the jags one is very close i'll say that too jags could have really made a statement with a performance against the niners but they laid an absolute egg so let me ask you one more power rankings question because we have the niners in this window as big favorites against tampa bay they get healthy they come out and dominate jacksonville before those injuries and before the three-game winning streak it seemed like everybody had crowned the niners as the number one team in power ratings above the Kansas City Chiefs, at least if you looked at consensus market ratings, are you back to putting them there? Is this the number one team, or are they just kind of a little bit behind the Chiefs still? It's really, really close between the Chiefs, uh, the the Chiefs, the Eagles, and the Niners. Uh, whether you like it or not, the Eagles have still only lost one game. <laughs> so, um, And it was a very close game, probably a game they should have won against the Jets. Uh, so there's a real world where the Eagles are undefeated as well. So uh, it's really close right now. Consensus right now is Chiefs still number one. And then it's really 2A, 2B between the Niners and the Eagles. Yeah, I, I'm fascinated for – everybody's talking about the Chiefs-Eagles rematch this week. I'm fascinated for the Eagles-Niners rematch because we never yeah. really saw that when Purdy got hurt in the playoffs. Yep. And I just think it's a fascinating matchup with the Eagles being able to, to get a pass rush – against the Niners' right side of their offensive line that's a little weaker than last year, losing McGlinchey. But then the Eagles' pass defense has been so bad. Like, this is now almost Tennessee Titans' defense levels of pass funnel, where teams can pass the ball at will on the Eagles for whatever reason. There's been some type of scheme change, or Bradbury and Slay have taken a step back, and or they lost so much talent up the middle that teams are just beating them with the slot and tight ends. I don't, I don't know exactly what it is, or maybe it's all of it, but... The, the pass defense has absolutely been weakened for the Eagles compared to last year, and um, we'll just see how that plays out down the road. But I, I agree with you. I think it's those three in what order can you know greater minds can, can differ. Um, but I certainly don't think there is a clear-cut favorite to win the Super Bowl at this point. I think it's, it could be any one of these teams, and, and perhaps the answer is who stays the healthiest and who gets home field to get to that final game and gets the one seed in the bye week. So we'll see. All right, Seamus, let's wrap up here with the primetime windows, Sunday night football and Monday night football. So it's Sunday night. We have uh, Minnesota traveling to Denver. 
Right now we have that line at Denver minus 2.5, total set at 43.5. And And then Monday we have the big one, Eagles traveling to Arrowhead with the Chiefs minus 3, minus 105 right now, total set of 46. I don't know if this Denver-Minnesota game will get to Denver minus three, but if it does, I'm I'm on Josh Dobbs at plus three. We'll see. So just an FYI for everybody out there. Um, I don't know. I want to get a Josh Dobbs jersey retired somewhere in our office here. But this guy rocks. I, he's he's he, he's he's definitely won us a lot of games here for Venom Jam so far this year. I love it. Josh Dobbs in the Sportsbook Hall of Fame <laughs> early in the year. That's awesome. And his, his odds for comeback player of the year plummeted. I think he's shorter than four to one now behind Hamlin and Tua. So he's the third choice right now uh, in that book. No, every year, the, the definition of how the voters pick comeback player of the year changes. So we have no idea what it's going to be this year. But certainly he's got a story that's on every NFL show's airwaves over the past couple of weeks here. It's wild. Um, so this Eagles Chiefs game, um, we're going to dig more into the actual matchup on our Megapod later in the week. And then Eli and Mo will also talk about it on Beat the Closing Number. I want to talk about it in terms of the MVP race, Seamus. I want to ask you that question before we, we close up shop here. Obviously, Patrick Mahomes still in the favorites section of the odds board. Jalen Hurts not far behind. Uh, in fact, at BetMGM, they are co-favorites, both at 3-1, to one, followed by Lamar Jackson and Tua at 5-1, to one, and then everybody else double digits. So, obviously, the winner of this game is in all likelihood going to take over as the favorite to win MVP. But at this point, as we head into this big week for the MVP market, who do you predict will win MVP? So, I really like it, – it's chalky, call me square. I really think it's going to be Mahomes again. I think you look at – like obviously he's got Kelsey, but you look at the other pass catchers he's working with. It, it's nowhere near the likes of what two is throwing to. It's nowhere near the likes of what Hertz is throwing to. Um, I think one guy you got to look out. So right now, if I had to pick one, it's Mahomes, but it's still very wide open. But I, it's funny, Christian and I were talking in the office over like the whole course of last week. We're talking about C.J. Stroud, and I no rookies ever won it. It's a long shot, but he's only down to twenty to one now. I, if he takes this team to an AFC South title, gets them to the playoffs, I, he's been one of the more consistent quarterbacks in the league this year. And like yeah. when you look at guys like Tua and, and Hurts, it's a lot of people point out the help they get every week, but nobody's talking about, you know, oh, well, like he's throwing at Tank Dell, Nico Collins, Noah Brown had 156 yards <laughs> this week. So I, I think right now, I mean, Stroud, if he keeps – playing the way he is, he's going to work himself into that conversation, maybe down in these single digits for odds. I mean, if you look at the QB stats on the year, he's number one in the NFL in passing yards per game. Some of these other guys have have um, bye weeks mixed in, which is why he's not number one overall in passing yards, but he had a bye week. So in terms of per game, he's number one above Kirk Cousins, who's now out for the year, and Tua, who is now the new number two. Um, in terms of passer rating on the season, He's sitting at number, we take Kirk Cousins out of the mix, number five behind Purdy, Tua, Dak, and Russell Wilson. And, you know, we if you watch the Broncos, you know Russell Wilson is really dink and dunk at this point. So I don't see him amassing a ton of touchdown stats and making any type of case for this. And, but but C.J. Stroud's only thrown two interceptions. Yeah. And that's like what stood out to me about these other elite quarterbacks. Josh Allen, 11 picks. Tua, seven picks. Um, Dak Prescott, six 
Patrick Mahomes has eight interceptions already this year. This is to me why the, the MVP race is still wide open. Um, I brought up the thought of Stroud. The hard part for me is that just the nature of the logistics of the voters in the NFL. And I don't, I just have a hard time thinking if there's another option that's equally as good or maybe a tad better that they're going to write the same name down twice on their ballot for two awards. Like it's, that doesn't happen very often in the NFL. It's been a while and the most likely case, or at least historically is that the MVP has been so good that they write his name down again for offensive player of the year, perhaps like a dual threat quarterback, like when Lamar Jackson did it or when Tom Brady had his undefeated regular season. So that's really been the only case we've seen where a player wins two awards. It's been the MVP and offensive player of the year. As you mentioned, we've never seen rookie of the year an MVP, but Stroud's doing amazing things. The name I wanted to bring up is Dak Prescott because he's on a tear right now. If you look at what he's done over the past four or five weeks. And the reason I bring it up is because as you know, just as well as I know, MVP is very much about wins too. It's, it's hard to win MVP if you're going to be a wild card. And even though they lost to the Eagles, I would argue they should have won that game. And the schedule sets up nicely for Dallas, Carolina, Washington, Seattle, the rematch with Philly, a, f- a fledgling Bills team, Miami, Detroit, Washington. I think a lot of winnable games there for Dallas. Um, that would be my long shot to look at here, potentially, with, with the way he's racking up stats and their willingness to throw the ball in the red zone. And Tony Pollard can't sniff the goal line, it seems, anymore. So, um, so I, I guess as we wrap up here, my follow-up question to you is you predicted Patrick Mahomes. Are you so confident in that to say that a long shot at this point can't win MVP? Or do you still feel like this is pretty wide open? I think it's incredibly wide open. Because uh, a lot of those guys at the top, like I said before, there's a lot of narratives going around about how much help each of these guys get. I think you bring up an interesting point with Dak. It's uh, a lot of winnable games at the end of the year, but there's a, a few big games in there where if he goes yeah. off and really leaves an impression on national TV, he's going to work himself up there. Uh, it, it's it's really great to see a, an MVP race like this as wide open as it is. Dak has a string of island games where the entire football world is going to be looking at him. Thanksgiving against Washington. They play on Thursday night again the following week against Seattle. And then Sunday night football against the Philadelphia Eagles. And plenty of time for his games against Buffalo and Miami to be flexed into Sunday night football. And week 17 is a Saturday night island game against Detroit. So to your point, he's going to have the stage to himself in a lot of these games. And if he balls out like he has been, uh, I, I think he's still, he has to win the division in my opinion. So he has to win that Eagle game. But I think um, on the, on the names down the board, I think that's the name that kind of piques my interest at this point. So, uh, Seamus, fantastic insight as always. You were great the first time you were on the show. You were even better this time around. We appreciate you sharing some insights and your opinions from the the sportsbook side of things over at BetMGM. For the rest of you out there, thank you so much for watching and listening. If you enjoyed the video and you're watching on YouTube, do us a favor, hit the like button, hit that subscribe button. Let us know in the comments what your opinions are about some of these teams. If you've made a bet in the MVP market or what early week bets you have made in week 11. If you're listening on the audio side, Five-star review really goes a long way to help us out and help us reach new listeners 
uh, for this free content. So we would really appreciate that as well. For Seamus McGee, I'm Steven Andrus. Thanks so much for watching and listening. And best of luck with all your bets in week 11.